Welcome to Stardub episode 60. Going in the groin. I'm Andy. I'm Ralph. And no, there hasn't been a dramatic change in format or content of the Stardub podcast, but uh, why, why are we going in the groin, Ralph? Well, there's a theme to this episode, Andy. <laughs> there, there, there is, there is. A theme. I'm shifting uncomfortably in there, my seat, just a little there, bit away from you. There, there, there is a theme. Uh, this is the special ingesting things type episode. Uh, where we, we have some highbrow uh, culture for you, like a run in the podcast. Yep. You'd be disappointed if it wasn't there. Yep. Uh, we have some exciting taste challenges, various theme. But first of all, we kick off with a, a segment we haven't had on the podcast for a while. Not since, I believe, the, uh, the Safer Injecting. Safer Injecting, heroin uh, uh, special. Is, uh, without going into too much detail, for obvious reasons, I have a, I have a social care type job. And as part of that, I, I get to do various um, things. <laughs> and, and it means that certain publications uh, cross my, my desk. So we're going to talk about one of these publications. Uh, just to be clear, we're going to talk about uh, the people whom this subject affects. And we'll make no comments at all. And we're purely commenting on the publication, giving it a little review. Um, so I was cleaning out my desk recently. Because we're moving to an exciting hot desk arrangement. Which I'm sure will, will, will go fine. But uh, I hadn't emptied my desk out in almost three years. So I found this publication called Going in the Groin, Injecting in the Femoral Vein. And it has a, a charming comic book illustration of what, what's happening there, Andy. It's uh, somebody unbuttoning their flies. Yes. So the illustration makes you think, is this some sort of soft pornography type thing going on here? But there is a needle and it's got like a, a, a skull like the biohazard, almost a sort of biohazard. <laughs> biohazard. So, this, this publication is brought to you by Lifeline Publications of Manchester. Uh, the aim is to provide information for current injectors in a predominantly graphic format that is accessible to those with lower levels of literacy. It is designed to deter current injectors from injecting in the groin and to provide a step-by-step guide for the existing feminine injectors highlighting the relevant dangers at each stage. Who is the audience for this? Injecting drug users. <laughs> Funnily enough, that eh? Use with under 16s with support. Now, there's no full stop at the end of that sentence, yeah. so uh, this, is, this is not good. Just, uh, I'm, not, I'm not happy with that. Content. Some swearing. Graphic illustrations of drug use. So the reason why this is relevant to the podcast is because we talk about comics and graphic yeah. novels. So it's a, it's a pictorial guide. So I'll just go through a little bit of it and then... Um, because Andy, who hasn't actually seen the inside of this publication, will then, will then guide you through it with a, a first-hand account. So I'll just sort of read uh, the introduction to you, which is called, Why Inject in the Groin? So, so that's a good question. And it's, well, the answer is, and I quote, Going in the groin is about as safe as baboon wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> so, so why do people do it? Well, this may feature, uh, it's, it's to hide the damage, uh, there's nowhere else to go, we're not understanding the risks, and also, and again, I quote, understanding the risks, brackets, and not giving a fuck, end brackets, <laughs> followed by the mighty sentence, some people just like wrestling baboons. <laughs> so... <laughs> At this point, this quite frankly is the greatest publication <laughs> I have seen over here. It's, it's before we pass it on to Andy, uh, to, to, which I think is the best person to guide you through this because uh, I, I, want, I want a first-hand account of it from someone <laughs> and also a, 
I need to make sure from a professional point of view that I don't inadvertently uh, do anything. Uh, so it's in full colour, it's very glossy, and uh, away we go, Mr. Turnbull, guide us through safer injecting in the groin. Okay, so uh, it's got a contents page. Uh, I saw a sidebar beside the Y injecting into the groin. So pages three and four are anatomy lesson, mm-hmm. uh, then five and six go to vein problems. Oh dear. Seven to nine go artery problems. Oh. Nine goes to nerve hits. Oh dear. Ten to eleven goes to warning signs. Oh. Uh, and pages twelve to fifteen are about safer injection. That's a titanic uh, catalogue of fear. <laughs> I know. So step one, the anatomy lesson, and it's got a horrible sort of airbrush drawing of, uh, think supposedly a, a woman with the most horrible. She has no eyes. Really. Like. Like the, the thing with <laughs> like the creature in Pan's Labyrinth with a wig and a pair of pants on. Or, or, or like a female version of Sam Neill from Event Horizon. Yes. Perhaps where she goes she doesn't need eyes. Yeah. Oh dear. So it basically says, it, so there's a picture of her and then uh, the, it's an identical picture used three times and the first one's got a sort of the blue map of the veins. It says veins. Your veins are all over your body. They carry blood from your limbs and organs back to your heart. You can inject some drugs into some veins. Mm-hmm. Arteries. You have arteries all over your body. They feed blood from your heart to your limbs and organs. Never inject into an artery. And it has a red map with the arteries. That's there. good. And then it has a yellow map of nerves. It says, you have nerves all over your body. Nerves carry messages back and forth from your brain so the rest of your body can, so you can control movement and feel sensations. Okay, so this is quite a good uh, introduction yeah. to the uh, guide there. Yeah. So page four goes to the groin. Yeah. Uh, and shows more, more from sort of the upper leg to just beside the groin, which okay. is obviously where the femoral artery, Indeed. the femoral vein actually Not is. everyone knows where the femoral artery yeah. is. Uh, so this, and it shows the femoral vein, which is one of the biggest veins in your body, it returns nearly all the blood from your leg back to your heart and lungs, despite the risk of serious health problems, some drug users choose to inject into the femoral vein. It shows you the femoral artery. Mm-hmm. It's one of the biggest arteries in your body, it supplies nearly all the blood to your leg. You need this artery, without it your leg would die and drop off. If you hit it by accident, you could be in big trouble. You could lose the artery by feeling for the pulse in your body. Oh, it, oh, and, oh, oh and all the times I've felt felt around in my groin and being a bloke, that's not an incur. Uh, I've never thought about, you know, I'll look for the pulse. What, my leg is Does it actually just go took like this, like a Lego man. Like the arm fall off boy from the Legion of Substitution. Oh, 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 oh. uh, oh and then it shows you the femoral nerve. Oh. It passes messages back and forth between your brain and your leg, so you mm-hmm. can control movement and feel pain and touch. If you hit it with a needle, you'll be in a lot of pain and could even be paralysed. <laughs> oh dear. So it's kind of, it's not making attractive in the uh, going an attractive proposition right from the get go. Do you think that's possible to aim of this publication? I hope so, because there's a, <laughs> if, if it's to appeal to the baboon wrestlers out there, they do a fucking shit job. I'd like to read the baboon wrestling booklet. I hope, oh. I hope that is actually produced. Maybe the baboon wrestling one says don't inject as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, next section is vein problems. Injecting in the groin means all the veins in your legs suffer a lot of abuse. Most groin injectors will have trouble with their veins. The vein buried in your groin, the femoral vein, is not like the veins on your arms. If you kill it, then your whole leg is in real danger. If it becomes harder to find your vein, then you've damaged it. The vein is moving deeper into your leg and as far away from the needle as it can get. New or varicose veins appearing on the surface of your leg are a sign that you have damaged in deeper veins. Don't try to inject these new veins. They are very weak and will probably just burst, wasting the hit and maybe leaving you with an abscess and in brackets, an infected lump filled with pus. <laughs> I like how the first concern there is not about the health concern but the yeah. wasted the hit. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know... Uh, 
Yeah, that is a concern. Yeah. That can so, be a concern. Top tips for looking after your veins. Oh. Try not to stand still for long periods. Okay. Put your feet up to take the pressure off whenever possible. I do. Take a little exercise whenever you can. Even a brisk walk will help. That's good advice. Mm. Okay. So, we're on to deep vein thrombosis. <laughs> oh! Damaging your veins can kill you. Now this has a little, again, all the art sort of heavily brushed, cut away of a vein. And it has shows a healthy vein with uh, arrows going up the way to show the flow of the blood. Mm -hmm. Then it shows you a slightly skewiffy one that's swollen and damaged, so it's blocked. Yes. And so the blood's coming up and then going back down, so it can't get anywhere. Then it's showing you one that's just only slightly damaged, so basically blood's having to pop up and take a wee deal to it to get there. Oh, it's right. still going through it. Deep vein thrombosis, DVT, is a which not to be confused but with DDT, the former pesticide and wrestling move of of a wrestler chap, Jake the Snake Roberts. Does that remind me of um, the Viet Cong and Nepal? Because uh, as, we, uh, as, as we record this, uh, Vietnam Day is happening in Edinburgh, city centre. Yes, and I was uh, through the city centre earlier, uh, wandering, picking up some goods, and you know what? Not one John Rambo cosplayer. I didn't see one single Huey helicopter. I was, I was very upset. Got very you. upset. That's not, that's not the culture I expect from Vietnam. As it, probably because all the, all the Rambo cosplayers will be at the, uh, the comic... Oh, there is a comic convention in Glasgow right now, which we are not at. Because... We are so dedicated to you listening. That's right. Here. That's right. We're here instead. And it's got fuck all to do with us having spent too much money on crap already. <laughs> Bollocks to ah. So, deep vein thrombosis is a common problem for groin injectors. Needle damage can cause blood clots, which can break the, block the vein. These clots break, break free and find their way to your heart or lungs. You could die. Oh. Watch out for swelling, pain and redness, particularly in the back of the legs. These are all signs of DVT. If you think you may have a problem, get to the doctor to get treatment as soon as you can. Or how about stop fucking injecting? I like that you're taking on the lessons of the booklet already as you head towards the fantastic uh, midway point. True. So infections. An infection in the groin can be very serious. Don't we all fucking know <laughs> that? Yeah, that's true. Uh, yes. Because the vein in your groin is buried so deep it can be hard to spot trouble before it's too late. Uh, watch, out for, watch out for redness, swelling or tenderness at or near the injection site. If there is a discharge... Open bracket, smelly gunk, close bracket, <laughs> coming from the wound, then you're definitely in trouble. Oh. If you think you're a problem, stop injecting there and get to a doctor if things don't improve fast. Hmm. Three, artery problems. Oh. Hitting an artery. Your leg needs your femoral artery to survive. An accidental hit can cause real problems. If you hit your artery, you may feel pain and see blood pushing its way into the syringe. The blood in your artery is a bright red colour, more pinkish than the dark blood in your veins. And it's got a picture of uh, the this now time now it's a man with no eyes. Oh dear! Uh, again, oh, he looks very unhappy. He's he's he's. It's almost like someone shoved a gobstop yeah, up his arm. And it's got a photo of the syringe with bright red bright red blood and the brown yeah. contents of it. Oh, and if you hit an artery, you must not inject. The drug would be fired down your leg, but it could cause a blockage. That tells me to see the next page. Oh. So what to do? Take out the pin, raise your leg, and apply firm pressure to stop the bleeding. If the bleeding is serious and won't stop, then you should call an ambulance. Sage advice. Artery blockages. Drug particles or blood clots can travel down the leg and block smaller arteries, starving parts of your leg or foot of blood. And it's got a photo of just a, a, an airbrushed foot mm -hmm. with basically showing you some blocked, blocked arteries. Okay. An artery blockage means difficult and complicated surgery. Signs of a blockage are discoloration, ulcers, pain and swelling. If you think you may have a problem, get to see a doctor as soon as you can. Oh. 
a sidebar. Oh, I'm a bit disturbed oh. by that sidebar. That picture uh, is close to my friend. Yeah, not as bad as the one on the next page. Oh. Uh, blocked artery is bad news because gangrene. A bad blockage can cause gangrene, which spreads quickly. Gangrene is where parts of your body die and start to rot. Once gangrene is set in, amputation is usually the only option. And it shows a, a photo of a foot going, going black. And uh, basically, someone... Uh, actually, you being amputated. Oh dear. With, like, with a bone saw. Oh. And a, a scalpel. Like. Really? Yeah. Oh, that looks most unpleasant. Nah, then we get to the next picture on the sidebar of nerve hits. And the sidebar goes, it just gets worse and worse. An aneurysm. Oh. Hitting your artery can cause an aneurysm. An aneurysm is where the walls of the artery blow up like a bloody balloon. Thankfully, this is a relatively rare, as it's very difficult to spot and can lead to amputation or death. And it's got a photo of quite close there with the most uh, well-shaven set of balls I've ever seen. Really? That's... <laughs> That is a well-shaven set of balls. In fact, uh, I go so far as to say, what part that is, that is, is that is that's that's smooth. That's uh, that's as smooth as a forehead. It's true. Although, rather unfortunately, the, the the cock does look like a thumb. Oh, I thought that was his other ball. No, that's his. Oh, there's not a lot of definition to the belly though. That, that, that is, looks like that, a, that is a thumb. Look, that is a thumb. <laughs> God's sake! Who knew injecting would turn your man thing into a sort of thumb? A man thumb. <laughs> Oh my god, I had no idea. I have actually learned a new thing mm. from that illustration. And hit nerve hits. So hitting your nerve can leave you with a apparent loss of feeling in your leg or even paralysis. You'll know if you've hit your, hit your nerve, it feels like a cut-off prod's been rammed up your arse. <laughs> <laughs> I love the language of this. That's nerve great. damage rarely heals completely and is difficult or impossible to treat. The only thing you can do is be very careful with your aim and don't take chances. thing is, I think there's, about two, pe- there's two people writing this. Yeah. Because there's, the, there's a, someone who's going for plain language yes. and there's someone going for sort of professional plain language. I like the one that's going for plain language because I think that's what people yeah. will understand. Uh, so, warning yeah. signs. There's a whole pictorial guide here. Yeah, if you yeah. jam a needle in your groin three times a day, you can expect to run into serious problems after an hour or later in life. We don't mean to frighten you, but this really is scary stuff. If you get any of the following symptoms, get them checked out by a doctor as they won't get better on their own. Any one of these symptoms can mean you're reaching the end of the line as a groin injector. It's sounds like a profession. It is. It is. What's yeah. the retirement plan for that? It just sounds like you actually are the guy that just injects junkies in the groin. <laughs> Which I have to say must be the one of if it was a job would be bleak as hell. I am a very bleak. I don't oh. that job. And any one of these symptoms can mean, uh, say, so you're reaching the end of your line as a groin injector. It's time to visit your drug service for help on finding a safer place to inject. Think about smoking instead, <laughs> or consider an oral method when script. <laughs> Uh, so, the warning signs, any sort of redness, swelling or tenderness at or near the injection site, any discharge, again, smelly gunk coming from a wound, an abscess, an infected lump filled with pus, loss of leg hair, flaky skin, swelling and redness in any part of your leg, cramps and discomfort, varicose or thread veins. Then you get a photo with all, let's say, an airbrush picture of a guy. The thing is, the photo of loss of leg hair isn't really good because uh, there's not yeah, really much definition. You don't really draw the leg hair. At least he's got his pants on yeah, this time. It's good. That, that's a relief. And just gives you that. And basically, uh, an ulcer, which is an oozing, smelly, infected wound that doesn't heal for weeks or even months. Once you've suffered a leg ulcer, you can expect it to return again and again. A bit like a giant cold sore. <sighs> don't like those giant cold sores. Yeah. So, oh, we're reaching the finale, I feel. Safe rejection. Still fancy a dig down there? <laughs> the femoral vein is hidden. So you have to inject blind. There are plenty of medical experts with years of training and experience who won't attempt this. Sure risk, and it's a big one. 
These ten, ten simple rules should be followed for an injection in your groin or any other part of your body. Okay. Number one, thoroughly wash your hands in the place you're going to inject. Two, when cooking up, find a clean space just for you and your works. Never share anything you use to cook up and inject with. Use a brand new sterile syringe each time you inject. Use sterile water or water bo- boiled for five minutes and left to cool. Mm-hmm. Use the smallest amount of citric you can. Never use lemon juice or vinegar. No. Use a new filter each time you cook up. Inject half the barrel and taste the effects before the rest. Using the rest, make use of your drug service. Visit your doctor and ask for help and advice. Good, good advice. Actually. So, picking a pen. So, one mill, one milliliter insulin syringes are not long or strong enough and may break off in your leg. Always use a separate pin and barrel to prevent the needle from snapping. One one inch blue pins are sometimes used for the growing, but these are thick needles and cause a lot of damage to the vein. One inch orange pins are usually the best choice for growing and going in the groin, long enough to reach the vein and fine enough not to cause too much damage. So again, it's a nice wee picture of all of the ones with... Yeah. So the defective ones, big red X. Oh. For the one that you want to use, big tick. This is a bit of a sleeping bag, man. Yeah, there's a picture there. Position. Everyone's body is different. And it's impossible for you for us to tell you exactly where your femoral vein is. Your vein will shift slightly depending on how you stand or sit. What might work in one position may not work in another. And it shows you a, a, a dude with his trousers around his ankles, sitting down, lying on his back with his knees up. Another one just standing up and with his, ha- hanging on to his trousers. Another one that's kind of crouching down. But as I think he's supposed to be sitting down, but they've not decided to draw a seat in. He's not, so, it also, the way they've drawn his head, he's just got like one line across him. He looks like a mindless one. No, he reminds me more of remember Gort from the day of the Earth does. No, no, it looks like a mindless one. Oh, he does actually no. If you look, see the second yeah. picture where he's pulling his trousers yeah. up. That, that, it, that, it's got a sort of penis head, actually. That's yeah. the kind of bulbous penis he's got for the head, yeah. which is unfortunate. I feel. Yeah. So we go to the next page, which is the, is this the ending? Yeah, we're getting there. It's basically oh. uh, some pictures showing uh, how to go in the groin. First, find the pulse in your groin. The pulse is your artery. Never ever stick a needle here. Cover the spot with your fingers. You can't inject through them. Or you could try, I suppose. That's what I suppose. That could be a challenge for... Well, you're done baboon wrestling. And <laughs> you've got so, so, your femoral vein is about two fingers width inward, down if you're sitting, from the pulse. Very, very gently ease the needle in at a 90 degree angle to your leg. When, and if you hit the vein, you'll see a little trickle of dark red blood trickle into the syringe. As soon as you see this flashback, stop where you are. I'd like to think I would stop long before I got to a point where, you know what, I'm going to inject shit near my bobby. Well. If you don't find the vein first, pull back the need a little and ease it back in at a slightly different angle, turning yourself in a goddamn pincushion. Draw back a little to make sure the needle is properly in the vein. More dark red blood should follow it, flow at the barrel. Once you're sure the needle is in, you're ready to inject. The blood in your femoral vein slow, feels, flows slowly, so you may feel more resistance than normal. Press the plunger very, very slowly. It's a good idea to taste the hit. Inject half and wait for the effects before emptying the barrel. Good, good. Good, good. Sounds like a technique for, for <laughs> porn films, eh? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> empty the barrel. Oh, empty the barrel. There we go. Never repeatedly pump the plunger or flush the syringe. There's a myth that it gives a better hit, but all it will do is harm the vein. If you're determined to flush the syringe to do it, very slowly and gently to, to lessen the damage it will cause. Ease the needle out gently and apply firm pressure with a clean paper towel for at least 10 minutes or until the bleeding stops. Lying down and keeping your leg raised will help stop the bleeding. The ends with a big red bar, uh, sidebar, or sorry, bar at the bottom with a big yellow warning triangle with an exclamation mark saying, Remember, going in the groin is, a, is very, very dangerous. It should only ever be a last resort. 
And I like how it's got for further help and advice on my back page, and it's just an empty white nothingness. I like to think that that actually is a point they've yeah. made there of saying the further help is just a white empty nothingness. We've done it for you. So, from, from my perspective, um, I actually think this is quite a good publication uh, because it has very clear illustrations. Yep. Uh, the language is not patronising. It's got a few bits of humour there with the language, yep. and uh, I would say if if you if you know someone uh, or who you're concerned about and who, who wishes to keep doing this activity and doesn't want to stop, education is the key. I think that's a, a good publication, and it's got very nice shiny paper, and I would pass it on. What do you think, Andy? It's a bit it's a bit bleak, but yeah, it's again. I think the, the humour in it does help because again. If you're having to speak to someone about this, they've already made already made several very poor choices in their life and are already going down a particular track and maybe difficult to steer them off. Indeed. So we, we hope you've enjoyed uh, this publication of despair. Yes. And uh, it's only done very occasionally because we want to depress you all. But it's a it's a different type of uh, graphical uh, publication to look at. But where can we go from there? I think we can go from there to Christmas. Yes. So, uh, today's day is September the 7th. Yes. So, obviously, all thoughts turn to Christmas time. Now, um, generally, um, I, I don't approve of getting into Christmas uh, too early because um, I can't be arsed. You know, bonfires, nights that we come, Halloween, mm-hmm. uh, Doctor Who's 50th anniversary, all these things are far more important. However, I, I do like, in the same way that I like to eat Easter themed chocolate all year round, I do like a Christmas chocolate. Sometimes. Sometimes, occasionally. Not as much as the Easter. So, let's bring us back to the subject which we've discussed uh, very, very early on in this podcast, which um, is to do with uh, a, a form of chocolate which has character to it. But it's, it's not licensed, it's not based on a, a pre-existing um, thing. It is, in fact, the Mighty Freddo Bar. Yes. And for Christmas 2013, uh, we have two exciting new variants of Freddo. Yep. Now, now, to explain, Fredo is a, a, a dairy milk chocolate bar in the shape of a frog, which is why we eat it, because it's, it's in the shape of a frog. Okay. And we're not, not French, so we don't eat real frogs, we just eat chocolate ones. Yeah. Uh, now, there have been variants trying to follow the mighty Fredo. There's the Fredo with caramel. Pish! It dilutes the, the frog goodness, the, the, the pureness of the Fredo chocolate bar experience. So... Uh, in Christmas packaging, uh, we have Freddo Faces and Freddo Popping Candy. So we're going to do a, a taste sensation here, because we, we've not actually tried these before, have we? No. So, uh, you have in your hands the Popping Candy. Can you tell us more about it? Yes, it's the same size as a traditional Freddo bar, uh, and it has Popping Candy. Now, there's three uh, Variants to the packaging because I imagine the flavour will be identical. What makes you think that? So it's Fredo looking happy, and in one of them he's got uh, earmuffs on and some fine chunky knitwear by the looks of things. Yellow chunky knitwear? Yeah. And on the other one he's got a Santa hat and some fine chunky knitwear. Orange? As, well, orange or more red, I think. I would say that's orange. Mm, is it red? That's orange. It's a red. That's as orange as your arse. Come on, it's orange. As the one of us who spends most time in Photoshop and has and using colour palettes at times. That's good. Oh, you're looking at that one. I'm looking at this one. That one's orange. So there's four variants. There's four variants. Ah, I'm sorry. I've cast aspersions upon yeah. your character. Uh, and then there's a blue one where he's got backward baseball caps. So the orange one, he's just got a woolly hat. Yeah. So, the description on it. 
says milk chocolate with popping candy, which is uh, a Yeah. So I'm going to take a blue one. I'm going to go for the red one with the Christmas hat. Okay. okay. So uh, we're opening the package. This is fantastic audio roll. So, so let's has... just have a look at the Fredo bar. Now, what does yours look like? It's, got, it's Fredo uh, smiling, but pinch it, uh, basically just pointing, pointing at one of his dimples. I think he looks a bit like Barney the Dinosaur. He's put on a bit of weight. Yeah. Okay, well, um, are you going to eat his feet to his, his head? What was the head first? Ah, well, if you're eating the head, I'll eat your feet to see if they're different. So, uh, what we're trying here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a lot of popper going on here. No. Uh, there's a bit of popper. Very little. Wow. This is like the 17 year old's first experience with the opposite sex. There's just not a lot of popper going on here. Mm-hmm. Oh, hang on. If, we, if you let it linger on your tongue, it feels better. Yeah. Said the actress to the mission. Okay. Right. Okay, right, so I'm not too sure about this uh, version of the Fredo chocolate bar experience. It's, it's not unpleasant. It's not unpleasant, but I feel I feel it's blocking. Popping candy should be like little explosions in the mouth. Yeah, there, there, there was a fabulous Willy Wonka uh, popping candy of a couple of years ago. Uh, no, it was more because it was before that, that Tim Burton film came out. And it wasn't affiliated with the film. And there was a whole range of Willy Wonka. And the popping candy was fantastic. So, so it doesn't defile the greatness of Fredo as much as the calendar one, but neither was it, is it a winner. No, but it's, it's not what the right one thing. Okay, so let's move on to the next uh, exciting uh, Fredo chocolate challenge. Uh, more audio gold coming your way, yes. listeners. So, However, we've got some nice packaging here, haven't we? It's, again, it's the Indiana Milk sort of uh, purple, and it's got lots of, lots of different Fredos in terms of, it's the same pose, and, but Occasionally different facial expressions. Oh, one of them he's got, he's giving a thumbs up. I don't like the one that's winking at me. I don't like it when frogs wink at me. It's, yeah. like, it's like they're planning something deviant. I don't approve. Oh, but there, there is, there are a couple that look, you know, not very happy. Fredo faces. Oh, he looks very glum. The, the, the one with the orange Christmas jumper uh, and the, 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 the snow on his jumper don't look, don't look very good at all. Yeah. See, if only he had a Christmas jumper like mine. I've got a great Christmas jumper. I've got a, a He-Man She-Ra Christmas jumper. It's true. Uh, wishing you a very Christmas from Eternia. And uh, everyone should have a Christmas jumper like me. It makes me feel very masculine and man-like when I wear it. And I look forward to wearing it in about four months' time. So I'm opening the tube. Oh, right, so, okay. Fredo faces appear to come in small bags. So we just open the small bags. Now, already I have misgivings. I have misgivings. The first reason I have misgivings is because rather than be the full uh, shape of the Fredo, they're just heads. And this, they're shapes of heads that look more like Baden Greenback from Danger Mouse. The evil villain, I would say, more than Fredo. Well, that's a Baden Greenback if I ever saw one. Fucking hell, he looks evil. It's also... What are the bags under his eyes? Oh my god, that one looks even worse. Christ, Jesus, that's, that's a rapey face, that is. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> just... Why would you make <laughs> an entire bag of unhappy frog faces to get pictures? Oh, hang on, here's another expression. This one looks like he's got a finger up the arse. Uh, yeah, not, that's, so it's, yeah. it matches the, the ones that are on the packaging. It matches the packaging. But, 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 but somehow, because it's quite, it's obviously flat. Well, there's the one with the tongue sticking out. Maybe he really liked the finger up the bum. Yeah. 
Uh, and some people do, you know. Yeah, but this is grim. This little one is looking at me just. Uh, this is disturbing. Okay, I'm going to take an evil one as well. Oh, it's got uh, an evil one. Evil one. Okay. Just, just so he can be gone from, gone <laughs> from my sight. Okay, right, in the mouth you go. Well. Okay. It doesn't taste like normal Freddo. It doesn't taste like normal Freddo. It's got a slight softness to it. That's not quite right. But also, I, I felt upset as I was eating it because it, it, it made Freddo fucking evil. Yeah. I'm not so sure about the Freddo faces at all. No, but you're because welcome I'm, to them so you can finish them off. That's alright, because I'm Scottish and we eat them all. And uh, you don't get a lot for your pound anyway, so they'll go very quickly. Yeah. But I would say it's a it's a nice if slightly disturbing box. Yeah. And if you're a child, <laughs> then you can play with the box. Hey, look, I can make it into into a microphone. Oh, 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 children, oh, we don't like some friendly stars, bars, oh, ar, ar. And you can have all sorts of fun. You can put you can put it on your arm like this, like I'm doing on audio. And you can pretend it's Megatron's fusion cannon! Pachoom, pachoom, pachoom! You got it on the wrong arm. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, uh, there's, no, there's no way back from that, really. Except forwards! Yes. So, um. Uh, so, yes, let's move on to the next one. So, while we were doing our traditional, uh, as we record this, because we have uh, an endurance feat to come later, which we'll talk about, yep. is. We were fortifying ourselves, and we'd already acquired the traditional beverage. Yeah. That's true, and we're more of which you'll learn about in the next exciting episode. But we were in the, the, the sweet and confectionery aisle, as we obviously got the Friday stuff, which is the seasonally little bit. Mm-hmm. Yes, there was the Marvel Heroes Sweet Treat Surprise Bag. Now, you may recall from earlier uh, podcasts that when we see licensed uh, supplies or uh, booty bags, we have to buy them to see what shit's inside. So, the one we have here is uh, Marvel Heroes. A sweet treat surprise bag. We have some style guide at work of Wolverine with a sound, a sound effect that says "Wham," which is always a sound effect you think of when it comes to Wolverine, with his uh, knives coming out of his hand. Yes. Knife, when knives go into flesh, "Wham" is the "Wham" is indeed the word. Uh, you've got the thing who's going "Slam." That's reasonable. Yeah, he's a wrestler as well. well. Uh, Spider Man who always goes "Bam." While he's doing the web shooter pose. So not flip at all. Exactly. And the Hulk is entirely silent. Yeah. There we go. Uh, so it says, with jelly beans and collectible gifts, collect them all. And there's an illustration on the back. It says, um, each surprise bag contains jelly beans, stickers and collectible gifts. And the, the only problem with that is the, uh, the illustration on the back shows you probably the entire range of things. <laughs> and not the contents you can expect in... An individual bag. Now, this was care. This is, I quote, carefully made in China for the great character candy company in Norfolk. Oh, we are from Norfolk. Would you like some Marvel candy? Oh, it's some that for you. So that's what they say in Norfolk. Uh, now we have to eat this very quickly because this is uh, <laughs> best before end of September 2014, a year away from now. The thing is, the best of it is. It has nutrition information ah, yes. and also nutrition for Australian market. Yes, I like that. What I also like as well is um, down the bottom left it says in bold, adults note, warning, this product may contains magnets. Mag- I like it says may contains magnets and then it goes on to say magnets sticking together or becoming attached to a metallic object inside the human body can cause serious or fatal injury. 
seek immediate medical attention if magnet or magnets are swallowed or inhaled. I'm sorry, a metallic object inside a human body. So basically, if I've had like a terrible accident and I've had to have pins uh, put in my leg, maybe I've injected in, in, the, in the wrong place, and then I swallow this marble magnet, it could kill me. I'm. I think that might just be a slight overreaction, bearing in mind if you do have pins inserted, that the shitty magnets you're going to get into these things probably couldn't pull the skin off a rice pudding. But there's a warning, Chub, there's a warning. That's more, I think, just to cover their assets from being okay. sued by litigious people. Alright, so let's open our, open our uh, surprise bag and, and see, see what we've got. There we go. There we go. Right, okay. What we got? Oh, there's quite a lot coming out of my bag. There's loads of shit here. Okay, so I, I will kick off mine. I have some sticker sheets mm -hmm. uh, with the thing Spider-Man and Hulk on one, with one pose. Uh -huh. I have Hulk, Spider-Man and the thing with a different pose. Mm -hmm. And then I have Hulk, Wolverine and Spider-Man with different pose. Well, Chum. <gasps> well, uh, I've not been teabagged about two of the same Hulk. Ho ho. Uh, how many? I've got five uh, strips of stickers. And uh, yeah, I've done quite well. I've got five. They seem to be the same stickers. So it's we're doing okay so far. Yeah. That's good. You've not got better stuff than me. So that's alright. That's all working out well. Okay. Uh, I appear to have a, a magnet. Got a magnet. It's got Spider-Man, the Hulk and Wolverine on it. Dear a magnet. Oh. Oh. Have you been teabagged? Have I got something to kill you don't? Yeah. I think I, I may have won this round, listeners. Because yeah, I've got a... What looks like a, a wee eraser of the looks things. Uh, I'll have a little look and see though, because it's, it's enough. That fucking magnet law. Oh, just as well I read that magnet warning. No! I have the world's most useless sketchbook! No, 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 it's not useless. You can use that as a wee mini flickbook. You mm. could do like a wee illustration, you could do it. But, I've got a magnet, and magnets are always good. Magnets for our stargates. Yeah. There we go. Okay, let's look uh, for the sweets. I've got two bags of jelly beans, one of which has more jelly beans than the other. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. I think you've helped me on the jelly beans. That's fine. Okay. Uh, I, I think I've got some kind of mask. Who have you got? I've got Spider-Man. You've got Spider-Man. I've got Spider-Man as well. I'm beginning to think there's not... Oh, hang on. This mine's broken. No. Oh, uh, oh. Well, hang on. I'm going to try and wear mine. Like, like so all the listeners can see. Uh, with this, so. There we go. Um... I'm Spider-Man. <gasps> oh, so are you! <laughs> oh, no! It's the clone saga all over again. It is the clone saga all over again. You should maybe take a, a, I think a, we'll a, a, a picture for the the, um, the 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 description. Yeah. So, I've um, got Oh, I've got a different poster. A different poster. Oh, Mike's has got the thing on it. Fuck's sake. I think we'll have to call this round oh, a draw. I'll have to call it a draw. Uh, so there we go. That's not too bad for a pound. It's alright. Yeah, I've seen worse. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to try a jelly bean. You're going to try a jelly bean. I'll yeah. have a jelly bean as well. I'm going to try a pink one and a yellow one because right. there's only two colours. Right. So. But these are these are licensed sweets so we have to plan them. So I'm going to have uh, I'm going to have a pink one. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Okay. Oh my god. Wow. There's a hint of lime in there. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, we were sugary. We were sugary. Not the best. Pink one is very sugary and very powdery. I don't like the powder. No. No. The yellow one's a better one. Okay. Well, um, yes. So if you want to buy the exciting uh, Marvel Surprise Bag, 
get down to the sweet aisle of your local co-op uh, right now. And perhaps while you're there, why not buy a funeral plan as well? Because um, they, they, they serve a wide variety of them uh, for all types of death. No, they don't. Actually, I looked into it and not one of them did it said Viking funeral arrangement. Well, actually, I think these things are important because I was reading the news earlier because I'm a man of the world. And uh, I've learned that apparently um, a big problem for dead people is that the cost of funerals has risen thanks to the recession. And that because of this, um, dead people can't afford to pay for the funerals anymore, which is a, a mighty unfortunate, I feel. I'm not really concerned if you're dead at that point. Well, that's what I thought, but it's best to let people know. Because if you die and find you can't afford your funeral, I mean, what do you do then? Do you just sort of like, like haunt, haunt the banks and go, ooh, you, you, you swines, ooh, recession, up yours, you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to haunt your, haunt your fucking safe all the time, ooh, and be unable to steal your money, because I'm a ghost, and because I live in heaven, we don't need money anymore, because God says so, because, you know, eternal life and goodness. Uh, probably not. I would like to point out to listeners, by the way, that we are still wearing our Spider-Man mask. We are. In fact, <laughs> I'm going to keep my Spider-Man mask on for the rest of the podcast. Yes, I believe that. Uh, it's flapping against my nose slightly, which may uh, cause a slight nasal twang. Uh, it's not because I've been injecting drugs. Although, oh, after... the God, in the groin. You know something? I think after the experience of those uh, fucking Fredo faces, I'd quite like to inject in the groin right now. That'd be quite good. Uh, so, um... Will we leave the other taste challenge for the end and move on to some culture? Yes, yes. Just to pick things up a bit. Yes. Yeah. So, I have a, a selection of some comics. Oh, some unusual comics, though. Yeah. Uh, in that, well, uh-huh. Classics Illustrated. Oh. Now, just to be clear, Classics Illustrated is a line of comic adaptions of famous literary works have been going on for decades. Yes. But in the 90s, uh, Berkeley Publishing in America partnered up with First Comics, mm-hmm. who were at the time uh, an indie publication, uh, an independent publisher of, the who, of comics who did the uh, most of the Elric and Michael Moorcock adaptions with Michael Bowden and P. Craig Russell. They published Badger and uh, Nexus, mm-hmm. and also did Shatter, which we've talked about in this podcast before, the world's first computer-generated comic. All in all, it's eight-bit dotty mad bastard goodness. It's amazing. Why it's not being? Why it's not available digitally? Just I have no fucking idea. It's like get that shit on. It makes. Sense. I love uh, Batman Digital Justice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why the fuck is that not in comicsology? I oh, know because DC are. Because DC are bastards. Let's be fair. <laughs> DC are fucking useless. So we're going to go on a little rant about comics because as we record this. Yes. Uh, well, two two dropping the balls of DC uh, of late. Uh, not unusual. True. First one is uh, Batwoman. The creative team, J.H. Uh, Williams and Hayden Blackman, mm-hmm. uh, are walking off the title because they've not been allowed to portray the gay marriage between uh, Batwoman, Kathy Kane, and Maggie Sawyer. Which is kind of strange when you think about the fact that they've set it up and that the readers are fine with it. And also, um, it is a key part of the, the Batwoman character of late. And uh, well, not, even just, uh, yeah. not even just of late, when they launched the character, they made such oh, a uh, fucking huge fur- furor, uh, fury about, oh, look, this is, this is our bit, we're being progressive, look at this. And they hoard and coated the mainstream media, like, as badly as Marvel do when anything they do with their stunts. And it's a case of, so you did that, and now you won't let them portray it in the comics? So they've agreed to walk. They've said they're walking off the title. Well, good for them. And quite frankly, once Williams goes, 
nobody is going to buy that fucking Batman book with any sense. The, and anybody who is still giving DC money for that book afterwards, have a fucking word with yourself. These are a shower of twats. Meanwhile, they're doing a competition to uh, let uh, someone break in and draw a page of Harley Quinn. Uh, <laughs> yes. Now, Harley Quinn, for most of us, was uh, is the sort of daft sidekick of the Joker introduced in the Created Batman animated an series. children's cartoon series. Yes, yes. That's series. the important word there. Uh, voiced by uh, Tara Strong, or Raven of Teen Titans, and Does My Little Pony, and Ben 10, and various other things. Uh, but the character was great in that she wasn't overly sexualised, she didn't have huge tits as most female characters seem to do in comics, and also she was completely clothed the entire time. She had a full clown costume. Mm-hmm. So there was no flesh on display. And then DC did the New 52. <laughs> and uh, I can only describe her as novelty stripper. Now the thing is, you know, we're, I would, we're not prudes, we're men of the world. Here's the thing, if you really wa- want to, you know, whack off, the internet's got a lot of porn. I, I, do, I do believe that it's overflowing to the point where uh, apparently something must be done. Uh, <laughs> but yes, no, no seriousness, if you want tits and ass, uh, go there. Uh, um, so, yes. And these four panels on the script are showing Harley attempting to commit suicide and failing in a variety of uh, different and elaborate yes. comic-y fashions. Which could be funny, but then taken out of context, yeah. as it is just now. That's quite protein. Seriously, that's very, weird. very protein. And one of them, they're asking people to draw in the buff. Yeah, and uh, the, the, you know the thing is, it's like if you want that, as as many people have pointed out, there are sections of deviant art you can yeah. go and find that. Secondly, um, it's not the character. That's, for it. it's, it's not the character, but that's that's how you're guessing how good artists are to draw your comics. Which, as many people have pointed out, are based on people running around in tights and should be suitable for children to read. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, t- anyway, let's not let's not let's, let's yeah. stay positive here. Let's yeah. stay positive. Like, I'm going to have some more um, uh, Fredo popping candy. While I was going to say you were going to have Fredo faces. That would be no, no, no. So uh, first did some uh, say with with Berkeley did Classics Illustrated, and so they did and got a host of sort of notable. Uh, talents to actually do some of them. So I picked up a few of them uh, via the eBay because I remember getting reading one of them in, I think, the library in Perth probably when I was in my early teens. And it was an adaptation of Robert Louis Stevenson's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde by John K. Snyder III. Uh, now, I, only, I have another comic adaptation of that done by uh, Alan Grant and Cam Kennedy and yeah. uh, uh, Jamie Grant. Jamie Grant, Frank White chapter did for the Edinburgh book. Yes. So, very nice. So, in the format of prestige, sort of prestige format covers, uh, comics, so very nice glossy paper stock. Card covers. Uh, card covers. Um, with a little spine. And basically, it's Dr. Jekyll and Mrs. Hyde is, and gives you a little, a little bio about what Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde was all about before it went through. This was done in 1990. Now, it basically says uh, that these aren't, uh, they stand on their own merits, they're not substitutes for the originals, and it kind of tells you, go and get them. This is just a, a good introduction to get you into, the, into more substantial literary works. Indeed. Again, it's the, the myth is that, obviously for comics, is that they're for people who can't read. And it's like, no, there are, that does, for some people it does, but you know what? 
Anything that gets anybody reading is a good thing. Yeah. It doesn't have to be to my taste, because you know what? There are things out there I like already, so if you like it, by all means. Uh, the artwork, is, again, John J.K. Snyder's not uh, your traditional Marvel or DC sort of style artist, yeah. which is good, because... To be honest, if you did that way for some, a story of something like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, it would suck massive amount of balls. Donkey balls, indeed. Yeah. So it's quite a very angular style. It's, it's fully painted. So again, 1990, so you still, this is before the advent of most of the computer colouring that would overtake mm-hmm. most colours. So yes. comics, so very nice, very expressive. Uh, a lot of, again, one of the best things about it is the colour palette, I think, more than anything else is there's a lot of moods being drawn pages, again like Cam, the work of yeah. Cam Kennedy, where you'll get swathes of blues, of greens, uh, of reds, of yellow to convey obviously that. And because it's quite angular and uh, not photorealistic, which is the best thing, it lends itself to it. So I'm going to let actually, I'm going to give this to Ralph to look at because oh. I have, yes. I could wax a about this for Indeed. hours, but just turn about as fair play. Yes. Like, can I just say, uh, you're doing quite well there with the Spider-Man mask, although the beard poking out from underneath is starting to disturb me from something. I'm, I'm just keen. You're, you're keen something. Now, this artwork reminds me of something that I cannot for the life of me put my finger on. Uh, probably Ted, Ted McKeever, someone who's that not is who, miles away yes, from this wheelhouse. And some old 2008 strips, a bit like this as well. Um, I am familiar with Classics Illustrated. Um, they also used to be Classic Illustrated which I used to see occasionally in W.H. Smith, which were smaller than this. They were sort of commando size yep. uh, volumes. Which are still available. They did the time machine and things like that. That's, not, that's the original run. Yeah, they, they still get them in W.H. Smith. Um, these are not too bad. They're actually quite striking because... Oh, that's an advert. Um, they're quite, that's actually quite striking, actually. It's really interesting because, I think you're right, um, if you make some of these things look like traditional comics, people won't touch them because well, it looks like a comic. You want to read a book, and there's a reasonable amount of original text in here. Uh, so that's quite, that's quite, that's quite, that's a very nice package. And an advert for uh, Lone Wolf, uh, little playing game books up the back, which caught my eye because I remember uh, reading someone in the back in the day. Ah, there's an advert for um, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, uh, adapted by Mike Plug. Now, I do remember that one. That is a gorgeous volume, and it's actually the only version of The Adventures of Tom Sawyer I've ever been able to read. <laughs> Because I, I, as much as I enjoy some of Mark Twain's work and give him his full place in history, I do find that novel rather tedious to read. And um, I remember the illustrations and it's been absolutely wonderful. Um, um, yeah. Because I have in my hand an adaptation of The Raven and Other Poems, oh. uh, illustrated by Gahan Wilson, which is gloriously mental. Mm. But because this isn't a proper comp, this is just more of the poems with some accompanying illustrations. But also has the adverts for Hamlet, which was adapted by Stephen Grant and Tom Mandrake, which I've never read. I have read Hamlet, though, uh, and I can only imagine it'll be gorgeous, because Tom Mandrake is uh, a particular favourite of mine from his work on The Spectre and, of course, Firestorm. Yeah. And there's The Scarlet Letter by P. Craig Russell and Jill Thompson, or just some of the ones that are there. And we've also got a version of Joseph Conrad's The Secret Agent, again by John K. Snyder III, uh, which looks pretty damn mental, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, it looks uh, a very, very crazy version of secret of the secret agent. Um, wow, this is completely off the scale. This is mad. That's brilliant. That's about as far from a state version of the secret agent as you could possibly imagine. 
Let's go for it. Yeah, um, these things are very easy. They don't, don't cost that much. I see them occasionally. There's a uh, couple of them that are quite rare yeah. to, to get, but if you're looking to get them on eBay, however, yes, comic marks and sort of back issue bins, you'll probably find them. Again, they're very sturdy. The, pa- the, the Retro, obviously, is, is fantastic. I say good cover, heavy paper stock it's as well. It's sturdy. Yeah, that's fine. This is, again, and this was sort of a, a, a 3.95. Wow. Book in the US at the time. So, 1990s. What were US comics at that time? One dollar, one twenty. No, one dollar, one twenty-five, one seventy-five. Depending uh, on depending on the format, yeah. And depending on the print one, which That's is kind true. of how Marvel did it, but just didn't tell anybody. Okay. Well, very good. So, let's have a look for them. Get them on eBay, and I say the J.K. Snyder ones are glorious because I say he. It's not a traditional art that you would expect in a lot of comics, which is good. The the Raven one, your mileage may vary. I Reading it is, again, the Raven's fantastic. I like the art from Gallows. It's very well done. But for me, the Raven, I can only see Vincent Price now because yeah. I do love that film so much. It's, it's, the, it's the version of the Raven that I first came across. And uh, again, um, especially when did these cap-type moves sitting in the chair. Yes. <laughs> that, it's, it's, it's very good. And I'm sure we will talk about that, the Raven at length in a future podcast that's the point so um, this final mask is starting to irritate my nose slightly alright I have to admit so I think we'll move on to our our, our um, climax so to speak <laughs> we kicked off a show saying going going in the groin and we're talking about climax see it's all circular see the way this whole podcast just knits itself together it's, it's, it's like Homer's Odyssey it's like the Iliad it's like it's a great journey of life it's, it's something alright it's something alright right this is the, the uh, it's been a while, but uh, as you know, we like to do taste challenges for, for Andy, but this time it's a taste challenge for me. Yes. Now, just to explain, is I like pretzels. I like pretzels. I like chocolate. Uh, and so do I. Uh, but Cadbury's have, have brought out once again, because they used to have these years ago, is chocolate-covered pretzels. Which I don't approve of. Now, back in the space year, probably 1998, mm-hmm. stroke 1999, I was working in Edinburgh Jewelers at the time. Opposite uh, on Princess Street, opposite where our really bad Piper used to play music and bug the shit out of everyone that worked in the store. Uh, there was a, I used to just I would, I would eat unhealthy because I was only there for a few hours at a time, so it's just snacks on on your break. And the shop round the corner had cherry coke, and I discovered one day chocolate covered pretzels. They used to do white chocolate and normal chocolate, both were good, but then chocolate covered pretzels seemed to vanish. Yes, and Andy was sad. Oh, but then they come back. Yes. Uh, I, I don't. I'm not sure about this. This reminds me of the time we had the uh, the cheesy chocolate spread. Because I like cheese and I like chocolate. Now pretzels to me are a, a savoury thing. They should have that those nice salt granules on them. Uh, actually, lots of salt. Um, I just can't imagine. I just it just the idea seems wrong to me. I don't even want to touch them. I don't want to touch them. Oh, they're the wrong size. They're too small. They're like shrinky ones. Look. There's a description on this. Yeah. Hard to see for the Spider-Man mask. Um, crunchy little pretzels generously covered, uh, sorry, coated in cavity milk chocolate. Okay, here we go. So I'm now going to insert the chocolate pretzel into my mouth. Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. Oh fuck no. Oh, oh! That's like your toys are being dipped in tomato sauce, which is not a good thing, everyone. Um, 
even though it might seem a good idea at the time. Okay, on, on, the, first, on the first tingle there, I thought, actually, that's not too bad. It's, it's better than I thought. It's the chocolate, because I'm eating the chocolate. Then I get through the pretzel, and my brain just tells me, no, fucking no, I should have salt in it, not chocolate. That's, a, that's an abomination against mankind. That's as awful as I thought it would be. I'm loving it. I'm sure you are loving it, because you can have the whole bag to yourself. I don't want any more of that, that spooch. I've got another bag. Fuck no. Well, that was exciting, wasn't it, listeners? Now, we're about to embark on... Oh, that's when, is this, is this the, is this, like, the cliffhanger for our next episode? It's not really the cliffhanger, it's more the... Coming, coming soon. soon. Okay. So we're about to embark on, uh, A voyage. Uh, an ordeal. I would say, rather than a voyage. But we don't want to go into it too much, because we need to explain it at the start of the next episode. Yes, so, yeah. uh, if you follow our Twitter feeds, you'll probably guess what it is. Okay. Uh, I guess me, no, because you've read our Twitter feeds. But how can I find you on Twitter, Andy? Oh, you, well, uh, you just look in your friends list. But anyone else who doesn't currently have me on their oh, friends oh, list... Oh, 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 <laughs> oh, 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 the you League of Spider-Man. Yes, uh, you can catch me at, uh, at Andrew D. Turnbull. You can catch me at star underscore dub. Not uh, at star dubbing. That has been changed to star underscore dub. Yep. Uh, I'm on Facebook as well, but uh, uh, I'm not. Yeah. The website, obviously, is www.star-dub.com Indeed. Where uh, you can get this. Or again, for iTunes, you can subscribe and that get access there. And tomorrow, as I say, because today is the 331st day of the Daily Stratus. Indeed. That strip was only going to go for 60 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but tomorrow is the epic day for it, for it reaches the sacred number. 332. Of special significance for us, for obviously, it's the last... The last issue of Transformers UK from Marvel. Which broke broke my heart. Still breaks my heart. It breaks my heart even more to realise that it was uh, over 20 years ago. January nine, the first week of January 1992. Which to my mind was last week. Yes. Anyway, uh, we're, we're going to have formal sense. We're going to do that thing that happens when you finish. Well, what we're going to do now is we're going to leave you because we're going to need to prepare for uh, next... Episode, episode 61 which uh, is going to involve vodka indeed um, so goodbye uh, oh what I've said goodbye say, so we'll be back in two weeks yes with the next episode so yes take care folks go away bye go away switch us off go back to your lives enough resist <laughs>